people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday, December 10th from a variety of locations. Uh, so tonight's a very experimental technology night, and of course, in addition to myself on this podcast is is uh, our fabulous announcer, who is also oh. on man in Los Angeles, but we're both in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And manipulating all the dials and making sure our, our voices sound, I hope, decent, uh, podcast producer at Moral Compass. Your voice fractured just at the right point. In that. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Okay. And of course, if you are listening, uh, you know, obviously, if you listen to us on iTunes, uh, please rate us, review us, tell uh, your friends, uh, and subscribe. You can also listen to us on the Stitcher app, and you can do the same there. And you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And if you think that we need better equipment so we can continue to, to, to hold these podcasts from three different locations simultaneously, you can also uh, go to www.fanboyplanet.com to and donate. donate on ISDN lines. That's right. Uh, yes. What was that thing you said? Tan line? What? ISDN lines. Oh, dear. well, or just an ISDN, you know, a, a lightweight computer that I can check check in at the airport. Um, <laughs> you know, so, anyway. Uh, so we got a lot of comics news. We've got a special guest coming in. Um, I'll say that slowly just in case uh, the day has proved too exhausting and it doesn't show up. But uh, we believe we have a special guest tonight. We're very excited to have that. But we're going to leave it a surprise. It's Bob Hope. All right. It's not going to be a comics. surprise if we get him because I'm going to make that like the title and the graphic. So <laughs> It's only if he doesn't show up. You know how to t- – this why you tell jokes punchline first, don't you? No. No, of course we got to make it the title of the headline. But for here, in case he doesn't show up. Yes. I, you know, when he said it, then I don't want to say it on the podcast. Right. So, uh, anyway, we've got comics news, we've got movie news, we've got TV news. So let's start with comics news. Uh, Marvel is doing something that we all, I think, suspected was going to happen. And so it's not a big thing, but they're actually going through with it right now. Uh, are either of you guys reading Axis? Because I have not been. I am. I have not read Axis. It's. Okay, so, uh, Rick, have you read today's issue? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, Well, so, just to say that they are starting the first step in making sure that now, and I don't know if this is going to affect the deal with Fox, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are no longer going to be mutants, which we'd seen a teaser image that said no more mutants uh, a month or so ago. 
And uh, Axis is where it begins. So for those who want to speculate, um, that's the issue to pick up where Marvel changes everything. Hmm. And, and then gives us an excuse for why Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch can be in Avengers Age of Ultron. Right. So um, I don't exactly know how it's going to be affected yet, but uh, Rick, you can <laughs> when you read it, you can tell us. So is so. the next step to make sure that Marvel Girl wasn't a mutant either, and neither was Col- uh, Colossus or Cyclops or Wolverine? Or well, that's what I'm saying is I don't know if by retconning they can um, they can say that uh, they can pull the rights back because if I understand correctly, somehow. Magneto will still be a mutant. Huh. Well, so since Wolverine is dead, maybe when he comes back to life, he'll be uh, an Asgardian. Ooh, or or just revived in Adelan. That's okay, you know. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of reviving, um, Rob Liefeld is trying to to revive his career uh, with uh, his career uh, never uh, went anywhere. Uh, Matt Horak, an artist, and they've announced, you're right, that was terribly snide of me, and I apologize. No, no, his career never went anywhere. His books do sell at least one issue. You know, people, there are Liefeld fans, and I think we've said this before. It's like, you meet that guy at a convention, he is one of the nicest uh, guys in comics to his fans, and, you know, very friendly, very kind. Um, but they're doing a book for 2015, they announced, uh, called The Covenant, which, if you're thinking Ark of the Covenant, you should, because it's biblical-themed, uh, about the early days of the Ark of the Covenant, the first time that it got raided and, and was lost. Uh, and uh, the young, I don't think he's, was he eventually, uh, i got to brush up my Old Testament. Uh, it's kind of basically an action book set in the Old Testament uh, covering uh, Samuel, uh, who is the youngest of the tribe of Israel to go seeking the lost Ark or the stolen Ark. So uh, I don't know if it's an ongoing or if it's going to be just a miniseries, but it's kind of an interesting. I will be fast. So this guy Matt Horak is doing the art. I'll be fascinated to see, uh, just you know, what kind of response it gets because I know many people have tried to do uh, out and out biblical themed uh, comic books, uh, and I'm not including the new versions of the Question uh, Pandora. <laughs> And the Phantom Stranger, aka the Trinity of Sin. Uh, I just say I know there's been like people have done have done books before, and it's just interesting if mainstream uh, comics fans will will respond to this book. Um, other things, and so that's it. I, I'm, I'm jumping back into uh, Marvel. I jumped around to Rob Liefeld for a second, but uh, Marvel announced it. You know, 11 months out of the year, Marvel maintains the market share. Uh, is the lead in the market share for comic, store, comic, comic book store sales. And in September, uh, they have normally lost market share to DC because that's when the new 52 launched, the Forever Evil launched last year, the um, what, what event did we miss? We just had one, um, and I'm blanking. Oh, that was, was the... Uh, the Future's End. Yeah, Future's like, End. It was, I was so impressed by it, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so Marvel has announced retailers and diamond solicitations, and I fear this this event, that September 2015 will have something called all-new Marvel. Hmm. I know. <laughs> you you got to fill in the space with something so I know that I die out again, or yeah. 
are you just stunned by the, by th- this concept? And right? I think that's it's, exactly what Marvel will have to do. It's like <laughs> to die out again. Yeah, or all new Marvel, huh? It's different than Marvel now. Yeah, different than all new Ultimate Universe. They crunched the numbers on Convergence, and for that two month event, if you were to buy all of Convergence, it will be three hundred and eighty five dollars in two months. Yeah. Good lord! Holy That's, moly! So I don't weekly? know if if those books are going to be two ninety nine or three ninety nine. And as much as I was excited about many of them, I'm going to be taking a very hard look at <laughs> what I want to buy. So uh, I'm not going to spend three hundred eighty five dollars knowingly. I might have if they hadn't crunched the numbers and just gone, yeah, okay. And then no, not now. No, now. You, go, you go to the shop and be like, man, it was a really expensive day. Yeah. yeah. I dropped $300. No, I would not. Um, anyway, so, um, and I'm going to give a teaser uh, for, uh, speaking of, of books that got expensive, uh, you know, a teaser for television again. For some reason, the second issue of Jonathan Hickman's Secret War, so Secret War number two, went from the quarter bin about a month ago, and there was some interest in it. It got a little more expensive, and now it's $80 on eBay. Mm. Mm, why could that be? We will tell you. Good storytelling. Later. That, Good storytelling. That second yeah. issue is so well written. <laughs> well, it's Jonathan Hickman, right? Isn't it? The Secret War? Which one? Secret War? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I don't know. Or was that... Or was that the Bendis miniseries? You know what? Might have been Bendis. Yeah. Either way, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think one. You have to step back for a second because I. Yeah, it was Bendis. I think we have to say you have to explain what convergence is. Oh, I'm sorry. We we've been talking the, about this for a couple of a uh, couple of weeks. Right, convergence but I think, is the is the two month crossover that. Uh, will be sort of while well, DC is moving its offices to the West Coast, and I think it's a perfect time for me to also mention that uh, apparently this week is the deadline that um, DC is going to do a mini creative relaunch uh, in June when they've finished moving all their offices over to the West Coast and sort of like it's a brand new coast and therefore it's going to be a brand new uh, whatever and uh, <laughs> you know a brand new line of books they're going uh, but Hollywood. we we talked about that a couple of weeks ago that uh, you know it looked like they were in the success of books like uh, Gotham Academy and the new Batgirl that they were going to kind of look at different cool ways to do to do some of their uh, more standard titles, and and like last week, Secret Six. If you, Rick, did you get to read it? Yes. Yeah. How it felt like you do not need to know a single thing about the rest of the DC universe to well, read to enjoy that issue. The fact that most of the characters either hadn't been introduced in the New Fifty Two or had been done so in books that I don't read, I right. actually didn't pick up on the fact that any of them existed in the standard DC universe. So right, it, right. it felt like a Vertigo book to me. Yeah, and that's, you know, and it's Gail Simone back writing a, a concept that she loved, but as you had noted once I read it, it was like, there it is, it was a flashback to the way The Secret Six first started, Yeah, uh, while being, combining like the best of what every version of The Secret Six had been. 
Uh, you know, because I, I think there's a character in there that's still going to turn out to be like uh, Vandal Savage's daughter like they had in the last Secret Six. But we don't know. We just don't know. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to know any other continuity. And I think that's really crucial, even though technically that, that would be a book kind of related to the Batman universe. You can just read it on its own and enjoy it. So they're trying to do more of that. Um, but anyway, you know, but Convergence first is let's go back and take all the different realities and continuities that people had loved and see check in on where they are. Because, again, the great thing about um, Grant Morrison's multiversity is all of it's real or you know, all of it's happened. And that's uh, – you know they're going to the to the mega multiverse concept that really you know I mean Marvel has too but that's Alan Moore had started that in Captain Britain years and years ago so that's what Convergence is and if you want to co- you know collect Convergence it's going to be three hundred and eighty five dollars but I, I it just clicks to my head that it's like the battle world of Secret Wars where there's going to be all these different patches of land from reality so put why Brainiac's behind Convergence is he's stealing plots of land from different realities large tracts of land large tracts of land but they'll be in a dome form so uh you know in the bottle city he's going to bottle all these different uh continuities up so actually my god you know pick your pick which one which one's cheaper if secret war if the the coming secret war is battle world thing is cheaper than 385 dollars it's the same concept just with marvel heroes you know the thing about it though is if if this is all self-contained, and when they come out of it, they're going to be in a new continuity, kind of flashpointy kind of thing. Um, this is something that I can skip as I can really skip as individual issues and wait for the inevitable omnibus, and hopefully they'll give me a price break on that. Dude, you cannot lift that omnibus. No, it'll come with wheels. Three hundred eighty-five dollars worth of comics. You put that into a three hundred dollar book. <laughs> They've got the whole Grant Morrison run on uh, on um, Doom Patrol. That thing is huge. Yeah, but it's still only $75. Believe me, there's not that many issues of Doom Patrol compared to what there will be in Convergence. Uh, $385. Because yeah. it's also DC. They won't charge less than $385. The Omnibus will be $400 because they got to match uh, Marvel's uh, box set of Secret Wars books. That uh, we put on the Christmas gift list and realized you have to. You know, it's like the. It's actually like the Star Wars action figures from 1977. You have to put a little card under the, in the in the box that says, "In June you'll get this." <laughs> um, I, but they announced it before Christmas to say there'll be a $500. Who can afford? Who's buying $500 book collections in June when there's such an obviously perfect Christmas gift? Good lord. Anyway. Um, enough of my ranting there uh notable this week g willow wilson because one of the one of the many books that again has a very um specific point of view uh and cool characterization and been a real feather in the cap for marvel once again is uh is um capped uh ms marvel the new ms marvel written by g willow wilson who um has been in officially invited to the Marvel Writers Retreat and has signed an exclusive contract. So I think she may be the first uh, female writer to be signed to a Marvel exclusive. I don't think that she was is the first woman to be invited to the retreat, but it's a good sign that the retreat is not going to be uh, this year a terrible boys club. 
Not that we've seen terrible results from them before, but it's just, again, Marvel is showing their commitment to diversity. G. Willow Wilson, of course, being, she wrote for Vertigo Air, um, and she's doing a bang-up job with Ms. Marvel, and and you got to put, like, the high concept. She's notable for being uh, a, a Muslim as well. So she has she brings a diversity and a different viewpoint to her work, uh, which is, why I think, why people are responding so well to Ms. Marvel. In fact, I, I, I had a former student asking what uh, if there was a mainstream Marvel book she should read, and I said, you're going to like Ms. Marvel. And she messaged me said, damn it, you were right. I read the whole thing in a half an hour, bought the trade paperback, and just couldn't put it down. So, you know, it's a quality book. We should put that back on the gift list. There's a trade paperback, uh, yeah. you know, to pick up. So that's okay. All right. Um, you know, I did not get a chance to go to the store today, but uh, but uh, you guys did. So you can play, Nate. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? All right. Uh, I don't have a bag, so you got to tell me what's in your bag. I feel like. Uh, Maybe I should try to be Alec Baldwin, or oh, he's not—he's not doing those commercials anymore. What's in your wallet? Okay, what's in your bag? <laughs> Maybe I can start, and then if we end up just right, Nate's last book will lead into something. So true. So I'll start with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One, Ooh. which has got a beautiful cover with Gamora on it, and the cover looks vaguely like the Storanko Nick Fury compositions kind of mm-hmm. which is uh it's it's uh it's bendis and cho so you already know it's going to be clever and beautiful just like gamora and uh it's actually <laughs> it's actually got uh, old school nick fury in here in a oh, space in a space suit which is my favorite so i'm looking forward to sitting down with a nice glass of chianti and reading this have you uh have you thumbed through it? Is Nick old school Nick Fury actually in it? He or is. Or was it just part of the homage? He is in panels. And I I'm not going to read enough to determine whether or not he's one of uh, the Fury robots or if this is a slice of time thing or what. But uh, is, is it, Could he be a Koenig brother? Maybe. They, yeah, okay. they were having so much fun with that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to watch that after we do the podcast. Tonight. Okay. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, that's 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 very cool. All right, Nate, what's the first book in your bag? Well, the first item in my bag is shockingly enough, The Walking Dead one thirty five by Robert Kirkman. All right, not a surprise. No, no. Uh, that's another reason to donate to PayPal people. I'll start up a, uh, a budget just for Nate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very foreboding cover. It is a foreboding cover, and it's. I like when because you know sometimes they take these time jumps or they go from one story to another story, and they leave you on a cliffhanger from a previous issue, and then they go back to the previous thread. But this is a continuation of the last issue where uh, some kids attacked. Um, what's her name? Sophia and Carl defended her. And so now you see him dealing with that fallout and uh, a group that was on lookout ran into another group of bad guys and you see fallout from that. So it was a uh, good, good times. No. All right. Cool. My second book is oddly enough, because this has never been one of my favorite characters, 
but the Axis version of Carnage is crazy. And he's always been crazy because he's a psychopath. But because right. because Axis has flipped him, he's a psychopath with all of Carnage's attitudes and powers, but trying trying to be a hero and really failing at it magnificently. Well, what is the central point of Axis? Like, there was an event that turned everybody's morality around. Yeah, basically, you know, you had the uh, you had the Red Skull. Ah, that's why. That's why it's called Axis. Okay. And well, and and it's as everyone turned on their Axis as well. Yes, but he's from the Axis powers. Yes, right. So, yes. but he was kind of disp- when he was dispatched, there was a burst of energy, and that was what what flipped everybody. He did. Uh, the, okay. He changed into onslaught. Right. Okay. I forgot that you had told me that. Yeah. But that's so, okay. And it's it's been it's been uh, an interesting exercise in um, characters, and as I already mentioned, I am really really looking forward to the next uh, issue of uh, Superior Iron Man because that storyline was wonderful too. Okay, cool. Much, much the counterpoint to Carnage. All right, Nate, what's next in your box? Next in my bag is Amazing Spider-Man number eleven, which is part three of Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, I am only reading Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not getting all the tie-in books. Right. They launched a new one today. Which of course they did. And it's a little bit frustrating because they're going through you know this event, and certain spiders characters are heading off to do something. It says, "Oh, if you want to see what they're doing." Read this, right? Yeah. If you want to see what they're doing, read this. So what's the what's the uh, second the new book called? Rick, is it Same Chorus Second okay. Spider Verse? No, it's it's entirely different. Well, for one thing, you've got this this week. You did have an issue of Spider Verse Team Up, which is one right. of those books that they refer to, and it's usually two stories. It's kind of like the same thing they did in Original Sin. I actually thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, this this week we have kind of filling in the uh, the vacancy that Wolverine has left. We have Spider Man and the X Men number one. Hmm. Oh right, and okay. It's the, I, I knew it, this was coming. It looks like it's the school, and uh, and because uh, Spider Man's got all the little uh, riffraff uh, webbed up on the cover, and uh, we'll see. It I I the. Um, is it tied into the rest of the Spider Verse, or is it really tied into the it's, Wolverine death? It's it seems like it's more tied into the well, it's not tied into the Wolverine death so much as it's tied into, um, the the absence of Wolverine in the X Men, which was about I would call the, that the Wolverine death. Yes. Well, Wolverine and X Men was about the functioning of the school. No, I understand that. Yeah. It's also the second. It's not the first time they've used Spider Man in that role. Yeah. Because he was also for a while teaching at Avengers Academy. Right. So, um, but this, according to J.K. At, at Hijinx Comics, this one is written a little bit more juvenile. So this may be the silly Spider-Man book that if you take oh, your kid, you take your kid in, they're going to want to read. Oh, it's Spider-Man and the X-Men in one book. You said I could buy one book. This is the one book I want. What father Speaking is that cruel? <laughs> Speaking of a juvenile, father who doesn't have a lot of money, maybe. Uh, all right. Okay. Sorry. You're right. Uh, there's a scene in this Amazing Spider-Man. Have, Rick, are you reading every issue of Spider-Verse, all the um, tie-ins? Yeah, I think I am. 
So, did they already introduce the animated Spider-Man? It looked like it was so this this from the this current week, cartoon. This week they have um, the t- the two TV Spider-Mans. Um, they've already introduced Spider-Ham. Right. Um, I'm Wait not- a minute. When you say TV Spider-Man, does that mean Nicholas Hammond, the bad Spider-Man from the seventies? Yes, I believe it does. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. His his webs look like a huge net. I, 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 I can I cannot confirm nor deny, but it. I'm trying to find the issue right now. All right, that sounds hilarious. It's uh, I, they actually list four Spider Men in the. Uh, let's see. So the one that's in this issue, the one that's standing with Miles. Okay, here's here's, here's what it says. It's Spider Verse. This is Spider Verse issue two. Too many Spider Men. Featuring the six, 67 Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man okay. from TV, and Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man. So it's the it's the cartoon Spider-Man from the, okay. from the 60s. Okay. So it's not so the, the car- That would be awesome. The, the Ultimate Spider-Man from TV is indeed the one that is staying there with Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, and then they go into the 67 cartoon universe together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely drawn in a very... Um, yeah, it looked like a card, like everybody else is drawn as a comic book character, and then they have this other guy that's completely differently yes. drawn on the page. He's it's got, like, he's he got no texture at all. Else? Yeah. Okay, I, he's I'm slightly all for pudgy. it. I'm all for it. In a time when DC is releasing, you know, you've got your Batman 66, and I don't remember if we mentioned that they've launched a Wonder Woman 77 based on Linda Carter's TV series. I mean, Marvel should leverage every single tie-in they've ever had for all it's worth. I want to see the bad 1940s Captain America serial Captain America showing up. So this, this also has the Gwen, Gwen Stacy, spider woman, spider girl, um, whose costume is, is has turned into something really awesome. It's on the front cover. Um, but apparently she's been a really popular character out of this. We have talked about that. That there's already huge cosplaying, and that's uh, we will talk about later. That you know, she's been rumored uh, for a long. Going to have her own series or something? She's going to have her own series. They already they've already identified that uh, a punk band has already uh, recorded the song she sang as part of her band, the oh, Mary yeah. Janes, yeah. and uh, that uh, you know the big rumor, which we'll come back to, is you know that Sony was looking to develop her as a character in a film. So, you know, well, sure, after they killed her, they got to do something with her, right? That's right, because you don't want to get rid of Emma Stone, especially not under that Jimmy Fallon rap battle. But we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> so, so, not the rap battle, no, but, you know, all right. So, so uh, what's next in, in your bag, Rick? My next one, or my last one, is World, uh, pardon me, Earth 2 World's End, issue 10. Uh, noteworthy because uh, we have an awesome picture. Where it just says rise at the bottom, and it's dark seed coming up out of the ground. Dark side, dark side coming up out of the ground, um, on fire, just on fire. And this is this is definitely the month of dark side. The because we have in Batman and Batman and Robin, Batman in the awesome devil bat suit is just taking apocalypse to, to task. And in the last panel of the last issue, uh, Darkseid shows up. And Batman goes, it's about time. 
Voice. And we made Batman just a little too badass and I don't, take down Darkseid solo. <laughs> in that suit. And apparently that suit is doing something to him. It's it's not good for him to wear that suit. Well, because it's a devil suit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a trade off going on there. He's gonna be sick for a while or something. He's vomiting pea soup, you know, in between panels. Yeah. Yeah. It's because Batman played with the Ouija board by himself. But this is definitely, okay. uh, they're, they're definitely putting him in the forefront of uh, a couple of books right now. I mean, because the uh, the World's End is kind of uh, ping-ponging back and forth with the standard Earth 2 book. And yeah. It's a great story. It's been a, it's been a terrific story. And it's, it's interesting. We still don't know. Uh, you know, I, there's been long been rumored that he'd be the big the big villain behind the Justice League trilogy, Dawn and one and two, you know that. Um, so I wonder if that's if that that is positioning, or if it's just the DC going. That's the best villain we've got. Yep. <laughs> so I think it's probably the best best villain they have. And again, mm-hmm. Jack Kirby. There you go. There you go. All right, Nate. What's in your bag? Speaking of Jack Kirby, the last item in my bag is Savage Dragon number two hundred. And I say speaking of Jack Kirby because one of the three covers is Jack Kirby and Eric Larson. Uh, how, did, how did that happen? So the it's an old Captain America scene that I don't know if Eric Larson had the original art to it or if he just had a pencil drawing of it somehow or whatever, but he basically inked it and colored it to look like Savage Dragon instead of Captain America. Instead of Captain America's shield, uh, there's a bunch of Nazis shooting at Dragon and Malcolm, uh, which is his son, and a Nazi is shooting and it's hitting off of Dragon's fist as opposed to off of Captain America's shield. But uh, it's a pretty sweet cover and then he's got the regular Eric Larson cover and then a blank special cover which will be filled in by an Eric Larson sketch when exactly. you hand it to him one day to see him. <laughs> one day did you buy all three covers of course Holy okay, I just had to make sure <laughs> you know how much you spent on that yes is it an eight, 899 each yeah it's 100 pages yeah it's it's and a hefty book and he's working uh, artistically, right? Twice up in size. That's right. He's using whatever it is. So, a comic. The comic pages are eleven by seventeen. Mm-hmm. So he's doing twenty-two by thirty-four. No, wait, no, 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 no. They're not eleven by seventeen, are they? None yeah, of that. the drawing boards are. Yeah, the drawing boards are. Oh, okay, okay. So, have you seen? Um, because you are. I mean, you are the Eric Larson aficionado. <laughs> Have you seen, you know, like, is it like you're going, whoa, because you loved him before. Is there been like a jump up? You're like, just when I thought I couldn't love him even more. Is that what's going on with his art? Yeah, he's fitting a lot more stuff into the 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 whole panel. Yeah. I mean, like issue 199 was all double page spreads. And... They were just filled with characters and action and whatever. And you can tell when he's even a smaller panel, he's working on it when it's double the size and there's so much detail and stuff going on. But yeah, okay. it does, it does, there's, a, there's a difference. All right. 
So there you go, issue 200, which, uh, ha- you know, a question that came up for me um, with that is, is, is that the only image book that has made it to 200? I mean, I think it's notable because it has always been just Eric Larson's Savage yes. Dragon. It's nobody That's, else doing it. It's the only one that has the original creator still working on it because spawn is up to 250 soon but todd mcfarlane doesn't draw or write anymore he kind of does the plot i don't know what he's doing now he does the covers he's been doing covers since 200 or so okay so he doesn't uh go ahead uh, yeah so has it been monthly were there breaks in publication as he took a break to do something else or of which one of of savage dragon because if Spawn made up to 250, that's what I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, there have been delays. I mean, I don't know that it's he's taken. More I don't know that it's than any other purposely. Image book. I don't know that he's purposely left it alone to take a break, but there have been some delays. I remember. Well, and, and I know he's done a lot of other projects in the same. I mean, you know, that's the other thing. He's he's been with this creator owned, but he's done other things alongside, and he's revived a lot of free. Um, I say public domain characters, and mm-hmm. and he had a stint back at Marvel for a little while, and you know, so I know he's he's done an Aquaman too, didn't he? Do uh, he did a run on Aquaman? Aquaman. He did Nova? He did uh, Defenders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, we were we were sitting around the comic shop and trying to think of another artist who's done a a long line like that, and the only one we could come up with was Dave Sim on Cerebus. Um, mm-hmm. but even Sim, you know, early in that run, before he even hit like issue 30 or so, he hired Gerard to do all his backgrounds. Gerhard. Gerhard. Yeah. Um, would you, which does bring up, you know, there's a, a little thing movie wise since we, we'd kind of segue at this point anyway, you know, um, I, I'm going to ask you a, a philosophical question, Rick, would you sign the document that, uh, that Dave Sim insists upon that says uh, that you do not believe he is a misogynist in order to get a sit, sit down and have a conversation with Dave Sim? I don't... Th- okay, so a misogynist is someone who generally believes that women are inferior and not deserving the same kind of respect as men. Well, guys... I don't want to ruin the fun. No. Let's, I, but I let's want to ruin add the fun. someone to this phone call. Okay. This is very exciting. I wish the segue were more perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what I miss. You guys are talking about, you're laughing about something. We it's were, Eric Larson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is fantastic. We were just actually You saved getting, me from having to def- define misogyny. <laughs> We were just uh, we had just moved on from talking about Savage Dragon number two hundred, you know, getting Nate's review and kind of doing a recap of your career without without saying, "Hey, Eric Larson might be on tonight." So, welcome, Eric Larson. We're so excited to have you here. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. You must be exhausted today. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting day. Yeah, it's been a long day. So it's uh, I just did a frantic three-hour store signing at Isotope, the comic book lounge in lovely San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, sprinted home, had dinner, and now I'm here. We are grateful. Thank you. That's so kind. Absolutely. So we're going to let Nate gush for a while. Nate, go! We were, 
we were just discussing, we play a game, What's in the Bag, every week where we all talk about three comics that are in our bag. And so we were talking about the uh, Kirby cover, and I wasn't 100% clear on where... I know that the art of the cover came from Captain America, but did, was that something that you had the original art for and you just changed it, or was that something that you just... How'd you go, how'd you go about doing that? Uh, it ran in pencil in Steranko's History of the Comics, which was tabloid size. And came out in the 70s. Oh, that's awesome. It was never uh, used for anything. As far as I know, it was never inked. And so what I did is I scanned that in as as though I were scanning in pencils. Then I um, uh, monkeyed with a little bit because, you know, Captain America has a shield in his hand. So I couldn't really just leave him with Captain America's shield. That wouldn't work. Um, so I... Took, it, took the shield out, put in a Hulk hand from another drawing that he had done, and then did did a few other things that just kind of made it a little more dragon and a little less Captain America. And then I printed it out blue line onto artboard and inked it. So I was inking a cent. I mean, ninety eight percent of it is is Kirby's pencils. And really the only monkeying around with stuff I had to do was to put fins on uh, Malcolm and Dragon and, and take costume details out. Now, when you do something like that, did you have to uh, seek out permission from the Kirby estate? Um, in this case, it, the drawing itself was done for the uh, Jack Kirby Museum. Um, so they had invited me up to a convention in uh, in Canada somewhere. I don't remember it's Calgary, Calgary, I think. Uh, they invited me up there to sign at their booth. They had they typically get Kirby inspired guys to sign at their booth, and they had a different people, different times. But they're limited in what they can actually make prints of because the Kirby estate itself doesn't own that much stuff and it's not like they can just go we're making a print of Captain America or the Human Torch or the Fantastic Four or the Hulk or anything they've, they've, they're they kind of limited in, in that scope um, and so I said well why don't why don't we do something where I take a Kirby drawing and turn it into uh, something you know something that I own so then we can get permission from me I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> Lisa Kirby had suggested that I uh, take an OMAC drawing and turn that into Savage Dragon, which I probably could have done. Uh, actually had started one just because it was so damned weird. There was an OMAC cover where there's some space thing sucking all the ocean away, and it was like, oh, here's a dragon and a bunch of fish. This will be cool. Um, <laughs> This was just an oddball thing, and it seemed like, okay, that could be fun, but I didn't really get that far on it. I really just liked this uh, Captain American Bucky piece, and I wanted to do that. So uh, got the go-ahead on that, drew that up. It was put out as a lithograph, and then um, part of that sort of initial discussion and agreement was uh, that I would be able to use it later on for a Savage Dragon cover. And so this is that later on. 
That seems to have worked out. Yeah. And then uh, you know, and then the the story I did with Herb Trimpey was just it was because of the cover. It's like let's come up with a reason to justify this thing. You know, have it actually be part of it. Have it be part of the continuity. This man and boy out of time. So yeah, that's right. I was following on Facebook as you were excited about working no, was, over Trimpey's work. It was, fun, it was fun times. The only kind of bummer about that was. Uh, his pencils were lost in the mail. They never showed up. Oh, jeez. So um, he had made photocopies of it and sent me JPEGs. And I, again, I printed them out blue line onto artboards and inked it as though they were pencils. And, you know, if you look at the original art, you're, you're not going to really know that there is anything different. But that's what it is. It's it's me inking his his pencils on blue line and somewhere out there somewhere. Uh, and a man in post office in Omaha. Yeah, in a post office or tucked behind somebody's desk somewhere or on somebody's wall. There's uh, Kirby's pencils or uh, her Pimpy's pencils. But oh well. Yeah, well, you know that's that's great that you were able to get Trimpy back. Is it? I assume a, a great influence on you as well, and, and an exciting oh, yeah. thing too. Oh yeah, yeah. He was my first favorite artist when I was a little kid. So he, that was like the the Incredible Hulk was the first book that I started collecting. I had had issue 156, which just this one oddball comic that I had bought with my own money, and then my brother had got a bunch of Hulk comics from school and traded him to me for doing the dishes for a week or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down with that, brother. So <laughs> that was the start of it, is that getting that chunk of Hulk comics. If you can go back in time and tell your tell that kid you're going to someday ink Herb Trimpey? I would blow his little mind, you know? Like, Wow. <laughs> It's the American dream writ large. Yeah, life. well, there's there's all sorts of things. So I, I years later uh, ran across um, the original art for that entire first comic I ever read. You know, the first comic I ever bought, and somebody had the the entire issue minus the cover, and uh, so I bought it. <laughs> I just left off. Um, and that's, so that's that's a part of my life. I had Herb do a cover recreation for that issue, so that I could do it. And then when Hulk, when uh, Savage Dragon one fifty six rolled around, I did a story that was Dragon versus Dragon, just so I could have Herb do a cover recreation of that Hulk comic, but Dragon versus Dragon instead. Which was awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, it's it, the whole damn book is just me screwing around and having fun and doing. I mean, it's it's all the stuff I want to do. You know, I like comics, so blah, here it is. And we were also talking about uh, the run itself that really only image wise only uh spawn and savage dragon have gone 200 issues and spawn obviously todd's had other people come in and do the writing and art at yeah. different points and so you're the only one that really did it all yourself but there were times that you did other stuff 
Uh-huh. And we were trying to recall, like, I know you did some stuff back at Marvel. You did Aquaman. What? That's DC, dude. Come on. No, I know. I'm no, saying you, know. you did stuff back at Marvel. <laughs> there was a pause. I didn't see the comma. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there was a there was a little while there that that it was like I should try my hand at writing other stuff and seeing if if that maybe the readers can follow the the, the crumbs back to Savage Dragon. Let's see see how that goes. And I wrote uh, Aquaman, Wolverine, and Nova, and I also wrote a uh, Hulk, issue of the Hulk and a Hulk annual, and then I. And then, for whatever reason, I was like, all right, I don't want to do this. This isn't so fun. And all, all those relationships, either either I quit the books or the books dried up or whatever. And then uh, a short time later, they needed somebody to draw an issue of... At that point, John Byrne had started a, a new Spider-Woman book, so it was that oddball period where they had this different Spider-Woman running around who's getting a different costume every other story. Um, and they needed somebody to, to draw an issue of that in a week. And for whatever reason, somebody there had said, I think Eric Larson can do it. And they contacted me and, and I was like, does John Byrne know you contacted me? Because he pretty much hates me. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not, he not aware. And I'm like, well, bring it. And, uh, <laughs> it, it that was kind of fun because um, I put little margin carta- cartoon characters of, of us with our arms around each other like, we're best pals. <laughs> so awesome to see. <laughs> and, um, those are like throughout the issue. It's these little panels of, hey, here we are goofing off, having fun. Um and it was really weird because he had written it. Um, it was full script, but he hadn't broken it down into pages. So it was, here's here's my story. It's whatever. And I'm 90 panels long. And you decided as you're, as you're drawing it whether you want to do two panels on a page or 15. And, you know, however it broke down is however it broke down. And, and hopefully you ran out of script by the time I <laughs> pages. And that was kind of an interesting way of working. I never worked with anybody who had done that before. It seemed kind of odd, but whatever. I did that, and at that point, they were like, oh, he's, he's willing to draw stuff. So um, they had uh, called and, and said, John John Burns left. Uh, Spider-Man, John Romita Jr. is going to be coming on to Spider-Man. We need somebody who can do three issues just so that John Romita Jr. is not coming on the book under the gun and, and in the hole. So they wanted to get some padding there. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. Um, and then at that, shortly thereafter, the Thor editor called and said, we need, some, we need to do somebody to do three issues of Thor. John Romita Jr. is leaving that book, and it's going to be given to one of the Kubert boys. Uh, you want to do three issues of Thor? And I was like, well, I always wanted to work with Klaus Janssen. He had been inking Thor, but he wasn't inking it at that point. So I said, tell you what, if you can get Klaus back on the book to ink my three issues, I'm your man. Can't do it? Forget it. And so they 
called back a short while later and said, he's going to do it. And I was like, crap. So at that <laughs> point, I was doing uh, Savage Dragon and Spider-Man and Thor. And that that was three months of complete panic. Uh, and then following that, I, t- I uh, laid out Fantastic Four World's Greatest Comic Magazine, that uh, 12-issue limited series. I laid that out, drew some of it, but mostly doing storytelling. Uh, I think I did nine out of the 12 issues. And then I also took on penciling the Defenders and did that. I think I did nine out of those 12 issues as well. And and after that, I uh, got pneumonia and bronchitis and decided maybe I shouldn't be working so goddamn much and stopped doing... Marvel, DC stuff all together. And that was the end of that. But, I mean, occasionally there'll be other stuff that pops up or Todd will call and say, I need somebody to do an issue with Spawn. Can you do an issue with Spawn? I'm like, all right. I'll do an issue with Spawn. I've never gone him before. Um, That's not, but that, can you do your Todd impression, though? Yeah, that wasn't really Todd, was it? <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, I can't do it. I know. I haven't <laughs> it's been too long since I talked to him. <laughs> I, I was I was looking at the spawn book and I was thinking maybe maybe you could have some of that uh Larson guy do a couple of issues. Can't do it. Can't quite pull it off. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee. Um so I I did an issue with of that at one point. I did six issues of Supreme. Not that oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's just different things crop up. You know, I did a giant-sized Kung Fu Bible stories. I did a story in that. I did contributed to a book called Pop Gun. Um, did oh, Joe Keating's that. Pop Gun. Yeah, and then I, we collected some of those, and I added some more stuff, and we did a Herculeum one-shot, which was kind of a whole ton of different comics and plus I added new stuff to that. So I, I keep busy. I do stuff all the time. And it's constantly people contacting me saying, hey, will you do a cover here or there? And most of it I have to just go, yeah, I, there's just no way. Because I'm trying to organize all this other stuff. I'm trying to get Dragon out. And this issue in particular was, you know, a nightmare. <laughs> because they're going to get square bound. So that, that means you got to add more time to this process and all this other stuff. So the, the deadline to 199 was they were anticipating that I, that I would get this 100-page issue a week later. That's how, that's how long it's supposed to be. Like, that's not enough time, guys. Wow. Um, so needless to say, there had to be some scrambling to get a – get people going and, and get my part going and stuff like that. I think so. I lost, a, I think I did end up taking a couple extra weeks. So there's the space between 199 and 200 was a little longer than I wanted it to be, but whatever, you know, it's done now. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned covers and you did that, uh, Batman 75th anniversary cover. Well, that was for Superman number 33, right? Uh, I'm going to say yes. How did that, come about just something the editor called me you know or, or got 
a hold of me through Facebook, I think, or email or something, and said, we're putting together these covers. And Didn't you do it, like, too fast, and they questioned whether or not you yeah, actually... Yeah, they thought it was that I just did a... It was a convention sketch. Because... <laughs> 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 well, it was weird, too, because I forgot that they've got all these approval processes that people are supposed to go through, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, that's the way you guys work over there. You do a sketch, and then you get the sketch approved, and then you do the cover. I, you don't just sit down and draw a cover, which is what I did. I was just like, bam, done. And, you know, I mean, the editor was like, it's a good thing we like it. <laughs> and, and it's like... My kind of response is, yeah, it is. If that's if you wanted a cover for me, because that's the only one I'm doing. If you didn't like it, you're not having me, you know. So it, it worked out for for them and me. And and you are firmly you are firmly a Superman with trunks guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was part of the stipulation was if if I can have Superman with trunks on, yeah. If you if you're going to insist that he's got his Fucking turtleneck sweater on, forget it. You know, I don't want that. There's something about him not having trunks, so he looks somehow more naked. You know? Yeah. There's something. Some there's a real focus on his dong once he doesn't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> Shut down his back. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, there it is. It's a We're all just a bunch of schoolboys in the comic book world, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> You can see his wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, fun times. Yeah. So it's, I mean, these things these things come up. They don't. At this point, Marvel and DC don't really contact me a lot about doing stuff. Um, and that's completely fine because I'm. I'm other stuff. to do my own stuff. So. Eric, what, is, what does 200 issues mean to you? So, I mean, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know. It's just another, you know, the odometer rollover again, so it's kind of cool. But so, in, in terms of what, what does that mean in, in the grand scheme of things, I have no idea. It's, it's really, it's another, it's another issue. Now, well, Dave, if you think about it, it's been a cool... <laughs> few years because you guys had that first image expo which was based on the 20th anniversary of image uh-huh. and everybody that kept going well everybody that kept going you and todd are <laughs> at 200 or over 200 issues so it's kind of like other books are really getting there walking dead did a oh yeah thing not too long ago where they were having the book come out weekly for some month yeah and there's other periods where they step up production on that thing and you know it's it's getting up there. It's it's well over a hundred. Yeah, uh, one thirty four came out. One thirty five came out today. Uh, Invincible is what one fifteen or one one sixteen. Yeah, one sixteen yeah. should be the next one. So it's you know there are a couple. I think Witchblade's over a hundred. You know it's we we've got more comics in their hundreds than Marvel does. Oh yeah, that's. Well, <laughs> or DC for that matter. I mean, come on. Well, they don't have a book over forty. So yeah, yeah. crazy. It is. I mean, how do you feel about that? Would you, you I know? think it's it's short sighted and stupid, and and they're not fooling anybody. Oh, the Superman—that's a brand new character. Nobody's ever heard of a character named Superman before. 
Oh, come on. Well, you now know, that he's or, naked. Or Batman. They're Batman. They're using the same continuity, even. And it's and all that stuff, you know, starting Spider-Man over again. If you're reading Spider-Man, your first Spider-Man comic ever is Spider-Man number one, the new Spider-Man. And the Scorpion shows up, and he's pissed off at, at Spider-Man or J. Jonah Jameson. You, you've got to know the continuity. It still matters. All that other book, all that stuff that you're pretending doesn't matter, it still matters. It's all part of it. It's all part of the history. And to just kind of put it behind the curtain and say, oh, this doesn't, we're not really, don't pay attention to this. We're on issue one. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of bullshit, you know? It's like, come on. And, and it, eventually you're going to get to this point, point. we're pretty much at it now, where when you're talking about Amazing Spider-Man number two or three or six or whatever, you have to go, well, which Amazing Spider-Man 2 or 3 or 6? Because there's been three or four of them at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he's still, oh, whatever. When you, when you bought Incredible Hulk 156, were you like, oh, I have to get 155 issues so I understand what's going on? No. But exactly. I, was also, I was also like, there's 155 more of these? That's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know that there were that that a, you know it used to be Tales to Astonish and then it had changed and whatever. But the idea that you know something that I, that there's more of something I love, what's like it's like you know opening up a box of cookies and eating the first one and it's like whoa wait a minute there's a whole box here holy crap you know that's exciting as anything there's so many oh awesome. You know, that just that that notion that you can collect them all. There's there's stuff to find. There's there's pieces of the story that you can fill in. This is so great. And now it's like, wait a minute. If this if the rest of this story isn't at my store right now, I am out. It's like, come on, man up for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's comic books. God. Well, at, at issue 200, do you want to look forward to, I mean, you, do you think you have a stopping point for Dragon, or are you just going to keep doing it until you absolutely cannot do this book anymore? Uh, that's, the, that's the plan, is to do it until I can. And that it may come about simply because it's, you know, not selling well enough to be economically worthwhile to continue. Uh, that That's probably a more likely cause of its demise than anything else, really. Uh, and even even then, it would probably be like, okay, we're going to go on a six-month hiatus and then come back and... With a number one, right? Well, won't be a number one, but it'll be, you know, something. You know, maybe maybe we'll do some, some BS thing where it's like issue one of six and just sell it like it's a six-issue miniseries, but still keep the issue number on there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't matter. It's just I just want to do as many of these as I can do and have some fun doing it. And hopefully, somebody's paying attention. Well, at least one of us is. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think at Comic-Con, or I've seen posting since, rumors of uh, a Savage Dragon screenplay? 
floating around? There one exists. I wrote it. Um, it needs a little work, and it's not really the, the the season to pitch things right now. So I've got a little time to to cook that pot a little more. Um, and so I'll, I'll probably be banging away on that January, February, some sometime in there. Just go in and finesse it a little bit more, change some things. I, I based probably too much on the comic. Um, there are things that work better cinematically than do in comic book and vice versa. There's, there's a lot of things. People have, we had these conversations all the time about how can they change this guy's costume and how can they did this and how can they do that? And it's like, well, because Captain America's tunic, while it's made out of chain mail in the comics, the chain mail becomes cloth when it gets to his head and you can't make that in real life. That, that chain mail that's in his cloth doesn't actually exist in any form. You can't really have costumes that are super so skin tight that you, you can, you know, I mean, you can't do it where they're so skin tight that you can see every muscle in a person. That kind of material doesn't exist. It's essentially body paint and that, that doesn't exist. We don't have that. That's not something that's that's there. We can make comic book superheroes way cooler in comic books than they can make in in movies. So they their compromise is to do this other stuff to give them textures and to work stuff into it to try and make those look as cool as they can look. And then the comic book response seems to be, oh, we're putting textures on stuff now? Let's do that. Rather than go, we already do this way better than you. We're <laughs> going to continue to do what we do way better than you. We're, we're now just going, oh, let's put seams on everything. It's like, what are you? what's wrong with you? You're an idiot. <laughs> I tend to agree with that. You've got... I mean, Captain America has such a good costume drawn by Jack Curry, you know? And when that same costume is drawn by almost everybody, it looks great. Unless you're one of those inane guys who's like, I'm going to draw every chink in his chain mail so he looks like he's got chicken feathers all over him. You know, unless you're that guy, that costume generally looks pretty, pretty sweet. To change that up and just put this random stuff on there, you know, I saw the new Captain America, the the one that's you know Falcon inside the costume, and I'm looking at that thing going, I would not want to draw that for more than say one consecutive panel, because it's got all sorts of design stuff on there that when the body moves a bit, suddenly you're like, where does that go? What happens to that once it's flattened or turned or changed in any way? I don't know. I'm not ranting about things that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we love that point in an interview. You know that. It's okay. <laughs> you know, let them suck. Just let them <laughs> suck. Okay, all right. Just sit back and watch the train wreck. Those trains are going towards each other. Let's just take that all in. Awesome. Woohoo! Faster. <laughs> Is what? There any, oh, go ahead, Nate. Go. <laughs> I was, no, I was going to ask a uh, completely inane question. What made you decide to start the 
Kirby group on Facebook that you started? Um, there, I know there's a million of them, or there used well, there to be. Was a, there was another one that existed in which several of the members were flat-out toxic, and that whenever the, and there was any conversation about anything, it would it would inevitably turn to how Sam screwed over Jack, and then they would uh, have a, a, a cheat sheet of 20 different quotes from 20 different people, and they would keep just posting the same argument over and over and over again. And it was... And it wasn't as, you know, it's like, how as an argument, it's like, you know what, that's a fine argument. I don't need to read that in every single thing, though. No Does joy. every discussion need to turn that? Can't we just talk about this other thing that is completely unrelated? Can't we, you know, do we? does this conversation need to be everywhere? So um, it had gotten to a point where it, it, it had just gotten where people were, at war with one another constantly. And I was, I just reached a point where I was like, you know what? Screw this. Bye guys. I'm going to go and, and start up my own group. And there were a number of people who at one point were part of that other Jack Kirby group, um, who are solid working comic book professionals. Scott Shaw was one of them. Mark Evanier was one of them. Walter Simonson was one of them. And all these guys who were legitimate, pros who are influenced by or worked with Kirby weren't part of this Kirby group because of these uh, toxic assholes just barraging them with bullshit and, and getting into arguments over everything. You know, people are arguing with Mark Evanier about stuff that he was in the room to witness. And it's just like, come on guys, this is, this is bullshit. So, um, I started up this this other group uh, and just kept out the crazies, and you know, and, and it's been fine. There's there's a couple people who really are, you know, just uh, just have an, a real strong opinion, a real strong agenda, or who are just out to promote themselves and their own thing. There is, you know, some guy who fancies himself a scholar who will every time he starts any group or is part of anything, he's always got to put up his six posts that are all ads for his books and links to his website and all sorts of stuff. And, and that guy joined our group and was a member for approximately 15 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You add nothing. It's all ads for your shit. Out you go. By the way, for our listeners, uh, that guy is none of us. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, let me check your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's just, this, this is pointless. This is just going to be, what I wanted was something that was similar to um, that, the the Jack Kirby Collector, which comes out, you know, where, where it would just be people talking about Kirby and talking about his work, and there there wasn't this other thing, this, this other element, which was let's talk about Stan and let's talk about whatever. And I think there's, there's a lot of things that we're never going to know the answer to. Um, and part of that is we're, we're never going to be in that room listening to those two guys either talk about the plot or not. You know, I don't know that it wasn't 
that nine times out of ten, it wasn't Jack just saying, this is what I'm going to do, and Stan going, right, you know? And, and Excelsior! That's you know, that's the entire discussion. Fine. You know, sounds good, Jack. <laughs> you know? And, and that, that may have been 90% of the conversations, but I know there were also times when um, there were issues of Fantastic Four that continued directly from issues of Daredevil. So did Jack Kirby on his own call up Gene Colan and arrange for there to be this crossover? I'm guessing not. So perhaps Stan had a little to do with at least that story. So okay, that gives Jack that gives Stan one that we that we can say okay, maybe he had something to do with this. Once you're at one. Maybe there's some other ones that are in there, and, and I'm and I'm certainly not going to go on record and say Stanley did everything by any stretch. But you you've got a, groups of people who are who are just making the argument constantly that Jack did absolutely everything, and Stan did absolutely nothing, and the comics that Jack did at DC on his own were so much superior to anything that went on at Marvel, even though they're saying that Jack did everything when he was over at Marvel. So it's like they're taking kind of both sides of the argument and yeah, yeah, just, it was just infuriating. So that was, that was my thing is I, I like to be able to look at Jack's stuff. I like to be able to talk about his work with people who know what the hell they're talking about in an environment which is not toxic. So let's, let's try that out. So far it's working. Okay. Uh, occasionally there'll be somebody who is just, isn't with the program or doesn't get what we're all about. You know, the preamble in there is, you know, we're not talking about movies. We're not talking about cartoons and there, there are inevitably will be guys who are let in and their first things they want to do is link to, discussions on what's going on in the new Avengers movie and what the Guardians of the Galaxy are up to. Which is all very exciting stuff, but not quite for this group. No, because <laughs> I look, again, I look, at, I look at my template, which is the Jack Kirby Collector, and go, is there going to be an article in there about the <laughs> Avengers movie? And the answer is no. There will never be that, because that's not part of that. So let's try and keep this relatively on topic. And, and there's still stuff where, where people will, will, you know, it was my birthday a couple days back, and somebody's like, happy birthday, and let's post a bunch of Eric's stuff on there. And, and like, you banned them. And, well, I took it down, you know. <laughs> it's like, a, I'll, you know, leave it there for the day for people who want to just say hey. But, you know, next day it's like, okay, birthday's over, gone. Um, this doesn't need to be part of this. This doesn't need to be part of the, the, the public record of of this thing because who gives a shit? Did you uh, have a chance to grab a Fred's famous chicken sandwich for your birthday? I did not. I was not. I was not in the East Bay. Oh, they're so I don't, good. I don't get. They are so good. <laughs> I don't. I don't get over there near as often as I could. Um, more lately, um, there's a a burger place and a guy I know over there who uh, is is fine with me just kind of camping out at his at his establishment 
So when I go and drop my son off, it's just up the road. So I can just be, okay, you're down off to this other place. I'm sitting there. I've got a table and I will sit here and drink soda and draw comics until it's lunchtime. And then a couple image people will wander on over and we'll all have uh, burgers and a jolly good time. And so that, that's been my, my, my other part, my East Bay adventures. So that's fun, but yeah, birthday wise, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's not like I'm a kid. It's like I'm 52 years old. <laughs> you know, I've had plenty of birthdays. I could go anywhere I want to. I've got, I've got money. I can spend it on stuff. So I don't need people. I got you this. Come on, I'm an adult here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Justin Bieber singing Toothbrush? You got me. You know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, now we know what you want. Yeah, yeah. Now you know. <laughs> and under the tree. Um, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really make a big, big stink about my birthday generally. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. So, I'm more excited when I have a funny book come out that's that's exciting to me like all right the new issue hot dog you need to do that 12 times a year i hope to i hope (laughs) to do it at least at least several you know if not more but yeah this one i was was pretty pleased with how this all came together because you know a lot of working parts a lot of different guys getting stuff in or not getting stuff in um I know at one point the the Vanguard story was going to wrap up wrap up everything Vanguard, and uh, it didn't quite come together the way they wanted to, and it didn't there just they just ran out of time, so we ended up uh, taking that story and making it to be continued, which is why the Daredevil story from Silver Streak ended up being. Oh, okay. into this collection, hmm. but whatever. It's a cool story. More. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. It's always nice to see a chick get her head uh, yeah. boomeranged off uh, because she's a witch. Once, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't just do that to everybody. You gotta be a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Now, at, at, at this point, you get, you get to work with childhood idols and so forth. Is there anybody up and coming that you would still love to collaborate with that you haven't yet? Um, there's not really much in the way of like guys who I grew up with that are still around and producing cool stuff. And a lot of guys I've gotten to work with uh, in, in one form or another. Issue 100, I think I had a... a like six or seven or eight different guys ink backup stories. So I got to work with Bruce Tim and I got to have Bill Sienkiewicz ink a story and and I had uh, Walter Simonson ink a story and you know Arthur Adams did a pin up for me. And it's like it's sort of to this point where there are a few guys that people will go, Well, I wanna see this guy do something in your book and I'm like, eh <laughs> I'm not that crazy about I mean, whatever. That's okay. Um, but there's not really a lot of, of 
old timers. I'd kind of like to to do what I did with Herb Trimpey here with um, Steve Ditko, if he'd be willing to do it, and just you know pencil a story that he could ink and have him pencil a story that I could ink. I think that would be fun. That was that was a kind of a neat thing about doing this particular thing with with him with with Herb was just seeing what he did with my pencils and uh, seeing what I did with his. Yeah. That was cool. There were a couple shots of Dragon's Face in both stories, one in each, it seemed like, where it was like you could really see that old Hulk face. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It was, it, was, it was cool. And it was really weird to get the pages that he inked in the mail and just go, wow, this is, this is such a trip to see that his lying down on, on what I had given him. So that's, that was, that was fun. And really every part about this was, was kind of fun. It was, you know, it's like I'd never worked with Chris Burnham before and he turned in a really nice job. I really like, like what he had done. Um, and I had uh, worked with Travis before. Travis, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Jeez, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Nate, help us. Nate. I have no Nate. idea what his last name is. S-E-N-G-A-U-S. Singras? Sing- I don't know. No <laughs> sure. idea. I've only dealt with him being male, you know? it's yeah. it's It's never been... And probably one of those guys who, when you talk to him, just says his last name really fast. So you go, ah. Try to speak I didn't say yeah. it again. Say it again slowly. Uh, but he, I think he did a really nice job doing a Malcolm playing football story. I really, I really like his art and how he moves the figures around and stuff like that. I think some of these faces are really great. And just kind of feels like a, high school kind of thing. Um, everybody, really, I think, did a, did a decent job. So, I'm happy. Great. Well, plus, I got to have Malcolm grow up a little bit, huh? A little I've bit. seen the headlines, yes. Leaps, <laughs> leaps and bounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should leave that alone for now. For those who haven't read it yet, I, I don't know. Is this a is this a family station? I don't know. It's, it's fairly family. We 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 do diverge every now and then. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's it's a uh, it's he indulges perhaps in many young men's fantasies. Yeah, I I, I go with that. <laughs> I mean, unexpectedly. Yeah. And and it's really that I could have gone a couple different directions there, and I chose one. <laughs> and it just it, it was just sort of a I'm gonna I had penciled up to and around page ten, and I and I started penciling the fist fight a little later on, and I think I penciled the first thirteen pages. And I and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and just script this and see where it goes. And if 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 the scripting is is, is I like where it's going and I like the pace of it and I like how the characters are playing off each other, 
I'll go this direction. If it just comes off really clumsy or forced or weird, then um, then I can do something else on page 10, and it's not going to stop them these two characters from trying to go save their father from where he's at. So really, artistically, page 10 is the only kind of oddball page in there because I could you could conceivably put drop it something else in there or or just have the characters chit chat a little more and just have it have it just be awkward you know it's no more it's no more overt than Madeline Kahn singing um in Young Frankenstein you know it happens (laughs) off camera yeah no absolutely absolutely I mean it's it's all as 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 tastefully done as as I'm capable of and then <laughs> that's not saying a whole hell of a lot but you know and how many times have you been compared to Mel Brooks's <laughs> <laughs> but the, but but the, what's what's wonderful about it is that it sets up that awkward bit where the the person who's complaining about don't say anything about this is actually giving it all away <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, it's it's totally it, by reacting that way. She's just kind of putting a spotlight on it, yeah. you know. Which which is like, oh, this it's just fun, and I and I like that the the awkwardness of it all. And and so you know, once I had scripted that part up, I scripted up through page thirteen, and I just kept going. I just was like writing dialogue down up up through the end of it nothing had been drawn I usually pencil my stuff and then script it that's kind of how I work Um, but this time I actually ended up doing most of the script before all of it was penciled it's always nice a different way of working and and it it just I like the way the dialogue read and I like the snappiness of it and the playfulness of the two characters kind of you know butting heads so it's always nice when you have that that payoff ten pages later, the the, the callback and the 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 arc for the for the joke is uh, that's that's always a, a nice treat for a reader. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it was absolutely a fun book to to write, and it's kind of nice that all of the the, the backups, if if not relating directly to each other, the um, there were pieces of things where you could go oh yeah and they 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 were mentioning angel and mr glum in this story and then we see angel and mr glum in this story and then this other one they're going back to world war ii so they can get something so that they can go into dimension x and then you know so so there's a lot of little pieces of something were taken as a whole you can go you know yeah the main story is 20 pages long but there's 40 pages of other stuff that are augmenting or relating to that in a way. So uh, it, was, it was a fun book to work on for sure. Cool. No complaints. Uh, well, anything else? Got anything else? <laughs> I was going to say at this point, Eric, I think you, you've given us so much of your time tonight. We, we thank you so much for coming on the podcast on, you know, like I say, after a long day, and you've done a great signing. So, so thank you for sharing the 200th anniversary day with the Fanboy Planet podcast. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. <laughs>
Okay, well, I will, uh, I'll ring off and talk to you guys later. Yeah, we'll All see right. you at the I look forward to your next photo of a Fred's chicken sandwich that I can't have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, talk to you later. All right. Hey. All right, Eric. All right. That was great. That was amazing. Okay, do I need to pick up the Dave Sims of misogynist, or you just cut no, everything? No, actually, out? I had a, I, I did have a, a response to that because okay, what I started to say was, um, when you call someone a misogynist, it means that you they because someone's a woman, they are not do the same respect or honor or whatever as a man. That's the mm-hmm. general misogynist feeling. Sims has had he's said things. Sim, Sim has. Ha- has said things about his ex during a long run of that that book. Yes. That got really kind of like it was dark. But there was anger. But, I mean, you know, and there's no and that's a human reaction that's true. Yes. Right. And you can even you can even say there's a certain type of person that you 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 personally dislike. But in until you until you classify all people of a sex as under one definition, I don't think you're a misogynist. Well, you know, and I, and I think part of the controversy is that in some of the essays he was writing in the back of Cerebus, uh, you know, there were things that it was not clear that he was talking about one specific person. He was talking about an attitude that was developing. And the reason, it's not just out of nowhere that I mentioned, it's just that I picked up rumors that there's an animated a completely fan driven um and weird approved slash unapproved animated version of cerebus yes. being worked on and sim uh will only uh allow it to screen at a convention if he can get i think it's a thousand signatures uh, people, you know, the, the people that go, they all have to sign and say that they, just as you can't interview him unless you have signed a document that says you do not believe he is a misogynist. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting play, place to be. Is like, I think, and it, cause it's based on early issues of Cerebus too. I think it's uh, even before high society. Um, you know, I think it's a really fun book overall. It's an amazing achievement. And I think, that there are Cerebus stories that would make a really good movie. Especially, I hate to say, you know, but in the age of Guardians of the Galaxy and Rocket Raccoon, that a Cerebus the Aardvark animated film, <laughs> that, you know, back in those days of it really being a, even, I don't, I don't know, because I don't know anything about the content, it, 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 is it, you know, the Conan parody with an Aardvark instead? But it's just kind of an interesting situation to be in. There are people trying to pay tribute to, to Dave Sim, and he's still putting this restriction on whether people enjoy him or not. And, you know, I mean, it's a whole thing going on in the artistic community. I don't want to get into other things that are happening in the real world with entertainment figures, et cetera. But there's that question, can you, know, can you separate the man from his work? Does an artist have a right to say, you have to interpret me a certain way in order to... In- for me to let you enjoy my work any further. I think we're we're living in a society that is that is much more judgmental and much less able to separate the artist from the work. 
and even even if the work the work may be deep and may be um, not maybe using mores or, or methods or whatever to tell tell a story that that people get hung up on <coughs> aspects of it and then they apply that to the author of the work and then they and they judge them. Um, no, 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 and I, and I understand that. I mean, I you know because like I say, in the real world right now, there is a much higher profile controversy going on but uh you know that, that that's you know that's the question do you get to be it's sort of it's almost the flip side of what like neil gaiman talked about when we interviewed him last year about how um you know it's not for history to judge like what work gets to last but when someone's life work like this is getting kind of restrained from the uh greater uh, larger public because he wants to insist on how he himself is defined. Um, you know, it, it's, and I'm not saying for or against, you know, I don't know the man, so I couldn't even fairly say. I just know how I read some of his work and interpreted it and went, mm. you know, I, I shied away. And I ended up actually dropping Cerebus because I felt, you know, I, I felt it was assaultive. But, you know, I maybe if I went back to it now and read it from a different viewpoint, I would have a different viewpoint. I don't know. You know, but uh, you get to define it. And the upshot being, there's an animated Cerebus film we're being denied because of this. But it's still not the most important movie news of the week. Probably the biggest movie news for us was, of course, I, I mean, even though the first domino that fell was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think before Thanksgiving, when the Sony hack happened, wasn't it? Yes. When it actually happened, when nobody knew what the heck was going on, so every Sony employee came into work, and their every computer screen turned. I mean, this is scary too. Uh, <laughs> every single employee walked in, and there was a message on their computer informing them that they no longer had control of the network. It was an outer limits moment. Yeah, and uh, and just everything, everything was stolen, and. Uh, and many things are leaked, and there have been repercussions that are incredible. Um, the Pirate Bay was shut down today, was raided. Pirate Bay shut got down. shut down and was back up and functioning within 15 minutes. They moved, Oh, I hadn't seen that. They moved they to did. .CR. They moved to what? You know, the thing about digital information is you can back yes. it up someplace else. And so they they were ready for it getting taken out. And so it just popped up again. Okay, I'm not going to condone that. I'm just saying, okay, that's a, that's an update to that story. I had not read today, but that's still, I mean, it, there it is. Is again a repercussion out of this because uh, Annie, the which is going to be released in two weeks, has already shown up online, clearly stolen from the uh, uh, the servers at at Sony. Um, Fury, the Brad Pitt. Shia LaBeouf movie, uh, which is coming in DVD in a couple weeks anyway, but the DVD cut was already there. Uh, and the the interview, I think, was also one uh, released. So, which would be ironic then if that's why, you know, if the suspicion that North Korea is responsible. I find it hard to believe that North Korea is responsible just because I didn't think they'd have that know-how. <laughs> That's racist, I think. No, it's not racist. I'm not talking. That is not racist. That is like that. That country is so you know tightly controlled. I just you know I I, I honestly and they're what they're allowed to develop is you know so I don't know. Maybe people can write it and say you hate me. I really did. I, I said it out of ignorance, not out of malice or anything. Um, 
I don't like totalitarian regimes. There, I've gone ahead and said it. Um, it's, now it's, that's regimist. I'm regimist. Okay, that one, I will accept that label, Nate. Um, <laughs> but anyway, out of it, uh, you know, one of the things that affected was that it turns out that just as people had hoped and prayed, and and Rick Breschneider was probably the person most lighting a candle and god i don't know how many chickens i've seen sacrificed in his backyard that marvel was indeed we were barbecuing they were barbecue shh okay look and they were delicious but shh uh that they were that marvel studios and sony were indeed negotiating for spider-man to come back and if you recall back when marvel released their slate including black panther and inhumans they Feige, Kevin Feige said, you know, as for Spider-Man appearing, uh, you know, that's that could be happening or it could not be and blah, blah, blah. You know, so now we have documents confirming that they were indeed talking until sometime near the end of October. It all broke down. But like it, Rick Brett Schneider's wish almost came true. And that they that's all our wish that they wanted Spider-Man to be in Captain America Civil War. Because, of course, that's the seminal moment of Civil War uh, at the beginning of uh, Spider-Man unmasking himself and revealing his identity to the world. And since that would be about the only hero that they would have in their stable that had a secret identity, uh, <laughs> that would be pretty crucial if they wanted to follow anywhere near the plot line of, of the original uh, graphic novel or you know miniseries. So, uh, as is, it apparently... and. Rick, maybe you've read as well, and, and, and Nate you know, can correct me here. Uh, I think the last thing I read was that it turns out that Sony has said that they're going to do like a creative summit in January and continue with the way they plan to with like a, a Spider-Man, a, a funny Spider-Man movie made by the guys who did the Lego movie. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why Sony, of all things, is going to try to duplicate the Warner Brothers playbook to get a corner of the Marvel Studios magic. Um, but apparently that's what's going on. We know there's going to be a Lego Batman movie. Um, so uh, they're going to continue with their idea of possibly Spider-Gwen, uh, some female hero. I do hope to God they're still not that they really have decided not to do the young Aunt May super spy slash Agent Carter, oh, uh, Agent Parker uh, movie concept. Um because that's just stupid. Uh, there, I've said would it. Would she be Parker yet, or would she be Riley still? I think she'd be Riley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, God. Uh, I, the ideas that come out of these places are just ridiculously ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's... The, and these the, are just the ones we hear about. Think about the ones that they don't let leak. Well, see, right now, well, they didn't let it leak, Nate. <laughs> and, and believe me, Sony is an open book right now, and they've well, got to be freaking out. Didn't we know about the Aunt May movie before the hack? Yeah, well, that, that was uh, that was that was leaked. You're right. That was a leak. That was or a rumor that had come up. Right. So you know, this is now everything is wide open. So from Sony, at least. But you know, there will be repercussions in that for all the studios because you know then there's this revelation of oh because the one of the big things is is um, the accounting is out there which no studio has ever wanted the public to get a hold of 
because you, you know that um, you know the like the Jurassic Park franchise and Ridge's Lost Ark still have not made money, you know. So uh, according to studio accounting, so it's the guy they, they don't want people to know how it's actually done, and uh, now people know. And uh, no, and is half the battle. And and as uh, Rick pointed out to me today, you know that like Sony kept all its passwords in a in, in a, a folder file called folder password. called called passwords. Um, the thing that I really <laughs> that I really find irritating about uh, beyond uh, above all is how much private information was really social security numbers of actors, and uh, and I think one of those things that, you know, to most people wouldn't be a big deal, but I, I totally respect the privacy of is, like, that Sony was keeping track of who, what names people were traveling under, and, you know, what, uh, what pseudonyms they used to check into hotels, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I know that every now and then that leaks out, but to have a whole bunch spill at once is just really... Um, you know that's that, that's uh, that's frustrating, and you know I, I I'm, I'm not in favor of that. So I mean, they're taking personal shots at people that like had nothing to do with. If this is retaliation for the interview, for the movie, the interview, um, so many people that had nothing to do with it are getting hurt. But uh, we shall see. But let's talk about positive things, not just the Spider-Man we could have had. I'm going to talk about the Godzilla that I wanted is coming back. Toho announced this week that they that despite the success of licensing Godzilla to uh, to legendary studios to create a series of, of westernized Godzilla films, they are going to resume producing man in suit Godzilla movies. Awesome! So, uh, the, I I couldn't be more more it's, excited. It's just called giving the people what they want. Hey, I'm for it. Yeah, because you know, I said as much as you know, I I don't think that Godzilla the the American films have been nearly as fun. They're you know, I suppose they were interesting, but they get too bogged down into. Well, you're you're generalizing. They were not interesting. The last one was, but prior to that, there had not been a good one in. God knows oh. how long. And I almost <laughs> accidentally backhandedly gave credit to the uh, to the very bad oh, ironically Sony, wasn't it? Uh, uh Godzilla movie from nineteen ninety eight. Um yeah. so the yeah, Taco I, Bell movie. The Taco Bell Godzilla, yes. I have to call yeah. you on something, Derek, because um you know, you, you, you go on and on about this man in suit thing and it's there's absolutely no reason why that can't be a woman in the suit. <laughs> You're right, but You're I, I think right. I think unfortunately I think we'll have a female doctor before we have a female Godzilla in. I uh, think you're going to Godzilla you know, suit. Rick, I'm going to start giving out your email address and social security number that people can <laughs> write to you. I you you might be stepping into something you just don't want to want to do. Are you, you're right though. Historically, I say is man in suit because the genre has occasionally been called that, and. Uh, so person in suit. Person in suit, but it has historically been a man in suit. There is no reason why it could I, not be a woman in suit. I would love to see the subtleties a woman could bring to the Godzilla um, Godzilla personification, as it were, through the suit. Uh, I have three words for you. Ang Lee's Hulk. Um, <laughs> was that a woman? No, it was Ang Lee himself. And I just say there is a huge difference between the, between the energy and the movement of uh, Eric Bana. And then Ang Lee insisted on being the the body model for the Hulk. Right. 
and there's just a huge difference between a, between a swaggering Australian actor and a, a small Asian man. Uh, in the body language of the Hulk, it's you know, it it, it it was one thing that really stood out for me. It's like it just isn't adding up, right? That's not the Hulk, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, but he looked he looked sad a lot. Um, I think Ang Lee was working out some angst of, of his own. Uh, we also saw since the last time we spoke, I think, uh, did we talk about that? Ryan Reynolds tweeted and it was officially announced Deadpool is on as a film. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's been rumored. I think it's been hoped for. I, but until last week, was not ever officially announced. Yeah. So, uh, I believe Ryan Reynolds tweeted it as "It's Chimichanga time." Yes, that was his and, tweet. And I love that. You and, know, clearly he he is in. And of course, then my God, yeah, because I was like, that was last Thursday. That's right. It was last Thursday, the greatest nerd day ever. We got Benedict Cumberbatch confirmed as Doctor Strange. We got—I can't even begin to go. Oh, we had—it was after the Suicide Squad casting, so but we got the Bond film announcement. Spectre. What announced. else? Spectre. What else did we get? Uh, what else did we get? Jeez, a lot. Yeah, and I—I so, I w- I wanted to go back to the. I, I love the fact that. Um, it was the fan reaction to the short for um, Deadpool that put yeah. it over the top. That screen test or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah the yeah the, when that went when that went viral, reel. which yeah. really just looked like the video game. Uh, it looked a little bit stepped up a little game. bit, but yeah, yeah. But it looked like the video game on Xbox One as opposed to Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Okay. Or PS Four <laughs> instead of PS Three. All right. right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. not we, you, as opposed to we, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the same. <laughs> yeah. So are Atari we fifty two hundred instead of Atari twenty six hundred? Are we still in movies? Are we moving into TV now? Well, let's move into TV because uh, so. it was a long interview, and there's just so much to gush. You know, let's go into TV. That's the bi- that's the big stuff because that's where it's really happening. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say after uh, we podcast, we did the podcast Wednesday night, so we watched. So you guys watched the Flash and Shield the Tuesday the, the night before, and then uh, there was the Arrow Cro- the Arrow event on on Wednesday. So I watched both those episodes, and my reaction was, I don't even care about a DC movie universe anymore because the TV universe is so awesome. It's exactly right. Yeah, Be- because the the Flash and Arrow that crossover, and I hadn't watched Arrow in a while. Now I got to barrel you know power through all of it. Because it's like, in, especially in contrast to the Flash, those characters work well together, but they're two. They the shows have two different, very, very different feelings, yeah, and um, and tones, and yet it it's it's like you know chocolate and vanilla in an ice cream sundae. They they complement each other so beautifully, and I and I I was you know skeptical when they announced Grant Gustin as Barry Allen. It's like he doesn't look like the character to me. They said, oh, you know, he did a run on Glee. And I'm like, oh, my God. That guy, okay, it's not the Barry Allen I grew up reading, but he's so, but whether it's him or not, you know, or just as the character plays, this Barry Allen enjoys being the Flash. And I love that contrast. That is the difference between the two shows. In Arrow, you've got, you failed my city. And in, in Flash, you've got, hey, look, I can run fast. You know, it's and, and both, then he loves teaming up with Arrow. Yes, and Felicity. Well, sure, 
who wouldn't? But I, but it is that. But there was just a, there were a couple of shots where they like he was running alongside and just like and and like when Oliver said you can, all right, you can team up. It's like you just see this joy. It's like this is the coolest thing ever, and you see it when he's running. You know, he's he's smiling, and it's, and it's one of the most natural. You know, people having a good time kind of expressions I, I see, especially in a CW drama. You know, I, I believe him. I believe that he is getting a kick out of being the fastest man alive. Well, they, they, well, sell, it, they sell it with all the stuff that he does when he's running from one place to another. Yeah, and the fact that's that he what I'm takes about. like jagged lines through anything. He's not running a straight line. He's like bopping here and there. He's Billy in Family Circus. Yeah, coming home. <laughs> there was not much to smile about last night. I haven't watched the. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I. Oh. I, I, oh, I know. So I watched. Okay. I watched the Flash. Excellent episode. I watched the Flash crossover, and now I'm catching up on Arrow before I watch the Arrow catch well, crossover. And I've just gotten past the episode where we learn about Felicity Snow's uh, gothic smokes. period. Smokes. Smokes. Felicity smokes uh, goth period. Which was awesome. Okay, I'm going to have to catch up on that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just saying, fantastic show. And then you get S.H.I.E.L.D., which is just mm. hitting it. I, you know, I, so last night's Revelations, which I haven't watched the episode, but like uh, Nate and I said beforehand, uh, what we could say, we were right. Um, you know, but people are responding. That's what I see. Is so many people are going, like, including us. You know, some people are, like, going, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s slow. It's not developing. It's like... Oh my gosh! You know, and then, and then uh, they did confirm. Marvel Studios confirmed today that Age of Shield will wrap up this season, tying into Age of Ultron directly. Oh, excellent! Which is probably not a surprise. You know, I mean, obviously because it tied into Winter Soldier so directly last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I find that that's interesting, just but, brilliant. That's just well, brilliant because you're going to have like you're going to have every week. There's going to be another sixty minutes of advertising for the movie. And what I'd like to know, and because we just can't, we will never, you know, we can't experience this because we're so steeped in it. And I don't know if there's anybody listening who is outside of this. Is there anybody listening right now who, like, watched S.H.I.E.L.D. last year but hadn't seen The Winter Soldier? And what was that like? You know, I mean, I think you can see The Winter Soldier and never know that anything was happening on S.H.I.E.L.D. But if you were watching S.H.I.E.L.D. and had not gone to the movies... What's the experience? Is it playing well enough? You know, I don't know. So, I mean, because I know there are people that don't go to the movie, don't go to those films. So, but I, but, but will watch the TV show because it's on TV. It's there. It's easy to get to. Yeah. So, and I just want to see: is there anybody out there having that experience? I, you know, I, I don't know. But, but Shield, as of last night, also very clearly will tie directly into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just that it'll be a crossover with Age of Ultron, but they laid the groundwork... For everything. For Spoiler-wise, <laughs> for, a, for a movie that Marvel announced. That's still like four years down the road, but basically all the groundwork is being laid in this TV show. And will continue to be laid if that uh, post-credits th- scene was any uh, indication. And so I haven't seen that yet, but they, but they have to follow through. Because you've got a character right now, and I read an interview this morning with uh, Jed Whedon, Joss's brother, who said, like, you know, when they began with Sky, they knew they wanted to make her somebody else. They didn't start out necessarily with her being who they made her. Because I think in the middle of the first seasons when they introduced that she had been found, 
you know, so, you know, it, yeah, it wasn't maybe after the, the third episode. I think it was after the first one where they they identif- they had the uh, they they identified objects by a specific term. Yeah, then, but I but it would but it was it was late in the first season because the mysteries really hadn't been built up yet. You know yeah. that didn't happen until about mid season. So that um, still that they got it they they got a good identity and it ties into the larger Marvel universe in such a big way. And you know their big push was you know you notice that there just really hadn't been that many super people that had superpowers. So suddenly opening the door for. Well, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Opening the door for Inhumans to be working through, to be running through S.H.I.E.L.D. and for people to have powers. And I hope it's not like second season of Heroes kind of, <laughs> you know, Mutant of the Week or Metahuman of the Week. Oh, Metahuman's DC. I can't say that. What do we call it? Wonders, you know. Did they call them Inhumans yet? No. They didn't. No. Last night. But we know that's where it's going. You know, they, didn't name, they didn't really name anything. But you can identify every bit of it by what it did, and except yeah. you know. And last week they very specifically said, uh, you know, that the the blue angels, as they say, were Cree. Um, Cree, you know, would no surprise to us there, you know. But um, it just, just, just great. And then you know, Constantine's getting warmer, still kind of hit and miss. We'll see if that. Well, I know. like that show too. Yeah. Uh, the the last episode with the angel feather was. Um, was really interesting like when they finally took some time to actually talk about the larger issue and really give characterization i still think and i don't know i i gotta i'm gonna sit down and you know find all the the new 52 constantines and say the tv constantine is too nice (laughs) you know he really is to those who read hell hellraiser but hell hellblazer but um i don't know you know, I really haven't read that much of the New 52 Constantine, which I knew they had put him in the New 52 so that he could be positioned for, uh, you know, some sort of IP transfer. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know if that if that more matches that. But every time I think that John Constantine is going to be a bastard on the show, he's not. <laughs> so that's what I want, a little more bastard. But I don't know if mainstream America wants to see that, you know, so... Like uh, Doctor House or worse than Doctor House? Uh, yeah. Well, see, you're, you're right. You got very the, much. The, 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 he doesn't need to be nice because you're right. America embraced House. They mm. could embrace Constantine, and they can certainly understand. Look, I'm fighting a a battle between good and evil. Love, you know. <laughs> well, it's the will. same. It's the same excuse. Why, why he's fun to watch is he, he's rude to people, but he's clever at doing it. It's kind of like that new. There's a new um, detective show about another idiot, another savant who, and it's the guy from The Office. Um, Rain oh, yeah, Wilson. No, coming. Yeah, yeah, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Um, and he looks like he's going to be like nobody you'd want to hang out with. But right, we so we love these guys, but but they're not making John enough of that. Like he turns too sympathetic too quickly. Yeah. But um, that's okay. It's finding its footing, and like said, and and that, and, and it's been clear. There is a weird thing going on, as much as I'm all for hashtag save Constantine, that there is a weird thing going on that you can that you can have one episode with Zed and Chaz, and then one episode with Zed and one episode with Chaz, and you can't have but you can't have too many episodes with all of them. Like the <laughs> like the budget is so tight that you can't have all of the people that are in the opening credits <laughs> you know, be in one episode. It's weird. 
So, uh, you know, and it's not organic because they have to come up with these weird excuses for why uh, the one character is missing, you know. So, um, anyway, that's, uh, that's, you know, as that may, Gotham is, is good, although still, I still feel playing the ending too much, but okay, okay, it's going to be. And then this week, we got announced that, uh, that David S. Goyer and Sci Fi is going, are oh, yeah. working together to develop Krypton. The Adventures of Superman's grandfather when he was a young heartthrob. Um, now here's my one thing with this. All right, are they going to erroneously give him powers on Krypton? No, I think what they're trying to do is a Game of Thrones. Okay, I think that what they can do they can make him a science hero. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think what they're going to I think it's going to be all about the houses. That'd be fine with me as long as they don't have powers. Erroneously, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I think it's all going to be about, about intrigue because you know that this is society. I, you know, okay, this is me just off the top of my head. I don't know anything inside. I'm just saying that we know this society that in two generations or one generation's time is going to be so turned inward that they're going to ignore all the signs that they're about to blow up. So, I mean, it'll be scientific, but I think it's a science fiction game of thrones. I don't think that it'll have powers. I think it's going to be all about the intrigue, all about the soap opera, and and the dynasties of the different houses, you know, jockeying for supremacy over over the people of Krypton. Yeah, so, well, would you say that? Because um, I I was just basing that on the on the way that Man of Steel played out with Jor El. I really felt like he was a science hero on Krypton. Yeah, 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 yeah. but you, you don't don't connect those two deeply because there's this a firm division between it's going to be a TV series. They're not going to pick up anything from Man of Steel, although, yeah, who knows? Because uh, we don't know anything yet. We also know Jeff Johns tweeted out that in 2015 they're going to go ahead with the Titans pilot, Teen Titans, and that Nightwing is going to be front and center. It'll be the first live-action appearance of Nightwing, So, uh, which I think also kills one of the rumors about Superman v. Batman that uh, that Nightwing was going to be in that film, so I, I don't think so. Because well, Jeff why does it have to kill it? Isn't Flash going to be a different guy on? I, I whatever movie? I said this, I'm backtracking because Jeff John said it was going to be the the first Nightwing, to t- you know, Nightwing to to live action, and I realized, well, yeah, Super- Batman v Superman is coming out 2016. So if they can get the Titans pilot like for fall of 2015, it will beat. So you're right. You're right. So. Um, yeah, so that's it. A lot to go on there. Uh, you want to, Rick, want to wrap up with your games? Uh, sure. You've got this 80 days thing. I, uh, wanted to, to bring up, I played an absolute, I played actually a couple of, uh, really groundbreaking iOS games recently, but I wanted to spotlight one called 80 days, which was designed to develop by Inkle Studios, I-N-K-L-E, and uh, directed by Joseph Humphrey and John Ingold. Um, this 80 days refers to um, around the world in 80 days. And I wondered. And it's actually, it's a, uh, it's a pathfinding game where the globe is your, is your map that you're trying to go around. You are playing Passepartout in service to, uh-huh. in service to Phineas Fogg. And as Passport 2, you have a number of things you have to manage and figure out um, 
and it's all done almost strictly through dialogue you have with um, other other characters in the game story and fog but then deciding how you spend the hours of your day do you go to the bank do you go to the market do you go mm-hmm. do you go to the bar and try and listen for information because you're not quite sure fog just took off on this quest he has no idea the path he's going to take around the around the globe and it turned you know Passport Two is actually the one making all the decisions as to where they where you go. Um, it's a very very minimalist um, from the standpoint of art. Uh, almost all the characters are just uh, are static uh, side images of them. Passport Two, of course, doesn't have a character in the game, um, but you it's 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 quite charming. And as somebody who uh, I really uh, Around the World in 80 Days is one of my favorite Verne books, and I also enjoyed the Philip Jose Farmer, Other Log of Phineas Fogg, which recently got republished, and I, I rediscovered that book. And then there's another book. Oh, I'm blanking on it. It's on the shelf out there. I'm not going to go out again to get it, but there is, there's a follow-up to that book just came out. But um, this is this is taking strictly the Verne, the Verne story and the Verne conceits. Uh, a, a delightful little little game, and I believe this is iOS uh, for. I don't see a reason why you couldn't play this on um, iPhone and on iPad. I'm playing on the iPad, but as I said, it's fairly minimalist. This would all shrink down uh-huh. to an iPhone very easily. So, highly recommend oh, cool. 80 days. All right, cool. We'll add, add that in. We I did want to mention, you know, Lego Batman Three announced an expansion this week of. Uh, you know, several downloadable content uh, expansion packs of heroes and so forth, but the squad, which is Suicide Squad, but you can't have children play characters called Suicide Squad, so you can get a DLC of uh, of the squad playing in Lego Batman Three. Um, so if you ever wondered what Lego Deadshot was going to look like, mm. uh, it's it's magnificently complex. Does he fire uh, sucker bolt weapons or? It's kind of the new fifty. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, um, it's Deadshot, and uh, he's got the helmet. It's like it's, it looks very blocky and very overcomplicated for a, a Lego figure. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and uh, Deathstroke is in it. Um, Nate, do you remember all the characters? Because Captain Boomerang is there, but there was there was one villain that I was like, oh, that's a really really interesting choice. And now I can't remember who it was. Um, mm, but no idea. But uh, you know it, it, it's fun. I, you know, it, once again, there's just something that re- renders the most evil psycho killer in the DC universe innocuous when you make him out of Lego bricks. So <laughs> you can uh, download that if you've got your network-enabled uh, video game system. Is there you a Lego Dark Side? Say, go ahead. Is there a Lego Dark Side? Yes. Awesome. Uh, you mentioning the look of. Whoever you just said, for some reason, yes, question popped into my head. Yes. Not related to the game at all, but related to comics. Did Lobo go back to being regular Lobo, or is he still goofy model Lobo? They just launched a new book. He's zero trash Lobo. They just launched a new series with with, uh, Lobo. He killed the other one. Can't kill the other one. Well, he could. Well, but he didn't. So when well, there was a downside to killing him. <laughs> well, they said that was an imposter claiming to be Lobo all these years. Right. So I'd but look- in but uh, 
I'll be honest, Nate. It, it just annoyed me so much. There was no need for it. You know, that I, I, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, so, oh, I feel so bad, you know, especially because the old Lobo was so brilliant in Injustice, uh, Gods Among Us, you know, as a video game character. It's like, yeah. why would you do that? Why would you take... I, I, sometimes some of the decisions that all the publishers make except for image puzzle me so greatly so okay when i say all the really it's just marvel and dc they puzzle yeah, me i was gonna yeah. say like dark horse doesn't seem to make these types of no decisions. no i've got no problem with boom i've got no problem with image i've got no problem with idw uh you're right it's all just dc and marvel oh my god well on that note if you've got something that bothers you and you've got questions, comments, com- com- blah, blah, commentary, criticism, just write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, uh, yeah, we will hopefully uh, – we look forward to your cards and letters, people, or your emails, really, because we didn't give That's you right. a mailing address there at all. No, We need some fanny mail. We do. We do. So send some in, all right? Maybe Christmas greetings. Say – Maybe uh, some sort of, uh, you know, congratulations to Nate again for uh, three weeks old now, Mary Jane. Today she is 20 days old and will be 21 days tomorrow. Wow, 21 days. (laughs) It goes so fast. All right. (laughs) All right. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Nate Casa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, powers your powers only for good. good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. Are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you eating. Excellent. Is that your thing now? That your that your uh, that's your um, thing. What do they call it? Your my mo. Your signature move. Yes. To chew. Chew while you talk. Mouth. Works for Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how else do you explain that voice? Yeah, full of food, definitely. Full of something. <laughs> Feasties. So I read, I read like uh, half of the Savage Dragon two hundred. I skimmed through the stuff in the back. Mm-hmm. I read Dragon Bert. That was pretty funny. Did you, uh, 
read the dragon stories or just whatever, everything? I read the first story with Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And I read the out of time one. Although I, th mm -hmm. I think I, I think I, I put that down to do something. I didn't get back to it, but I had already flipped through the, uh, all the guests to see who the guest artists were and stuff. So Herb Trimpy was the only one that I recognized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from you guys, like whoever does dragon bird. Uh, So you can dial Derek, and I think he's ready. All right, let's add Derek to the call. Add people. Derek. Add. Let's see what happens. Oh, he's got a circular green call failed. Says huh. he's offline. Oh, damn. Let's text him. Tell him to get online. He may not realize he needs to run the app on his phone. Oh, yeah. Good idea. It's got to be running. Or set up to be running in the background. Yeah, that's not good. I'm getting a lot of uh, desk sound. Usually I get that. Well, stop pounding on the desk. I will not. <laughs> I see Derek and uh, Nate are on the phone now. Is he on there? It says maybe this is Derek because you're calling him. Oh, yeah. I tried and it failed. I just texted him. Is your Skype running? Is your refrigerator running? Is your refrigerator in a can? No, wait. Do you have Prince Albert in your refrigerator? What? That's the old, yeah. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Which used to be a, a loose tobacco for pipes. So that wow. was the spoof. Was you know, That was the, the old, in the, in the 1930s, Bart Simpson would call up and say, do you have, Bar do you have uh, Prince Albert in a can? They'd say, yes. And you'd go, well, you better let him out. He's going to smother. Derek is downloading Skype right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is, of course, is your refrigerator running? You better go catch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They were hilarious. I never used them because I wasn't alive in the 40s. on the floor. I brought you one. Maybe it's under her. You're not talking to me now, are you? No, Tiffany lost, or I lost Tiffany's napkin or something happened to it. I'll take the hit. There it is. What are you having to eat? Philly's best Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Oh, that's nice. That's a well-rounded meal. You have your fungus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have your cheese, and you have your bread. And depending on how you did it, you have, you may have some vegetables in there, like onions and peppers. 
peppers, yeah. You can't go wrong with that kind of a balanced meal. No, sir. There we go. Derek is online. Okay. He updated the Skype note, Skype note too. Or the, the Evernote. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, hello. How do I sound? Slightly, like, a little fractured. Well, <clears throat> I am on a phone. Yeah. And, uh, you don't sound horrible. Like yeah. And you I'm sound well. like our man in Los Angeles. Well, tonight I am our man in Los Angeles, as you are our man in Valencia. <laughs> Somehow I thought you went to Texas. No, that's at the beginning of January. Ah. Now I was working on, working on a project with a lot of L.A. people, so I flew down for a couple of days this week, and then uh, next week I'll also drive drive back down uh, after I drop off Luke. So, so you're not working in a themed theme park visit this trip? Not this trip. I just had two days. But it, my boss and I saw Into the Woods last night at uh, the Oregon the the Oregon Shakespeare Festival production of Into the Woods in Beverly Hills because they have a very nice little theater there. I can imagine. So, Yes, but you didn't yes. see the movie, you saw the staged no, production. No, I, I saw a staged production with no woods, which was weird. So into the into the sparse imaginary woods. That's right. It was, they were all in, in street clothes. Into the clothes woods of your and, imagination. Yep, they were all in street clothes at first, and then by the time they came around to each of their opening numbers, uh, each of their individual first numbers, then they were in costume, and it was all just platforms. So, all about the storytelling, because OSF loves doing that. Deconstructing with the orchestra on stage. That's like the Harvey Firestein uh, fiddler was that way. Okay. Just platforms and... Yeah, that's how um, OSF did The Music Man. That's how OSF did uh, My Fair Lady. Um, Yeah, so they'll probably do Phantom of the Opera that same way. No opera. No mask. (laughs) This is the guy squinting. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, so, anyway, that was, uh, was cool. Yeah, Did so. we all uh, have a chance to watch The Flash and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last night? Uh, no, but I know the vague outline, so it's fair game to talk about. I have so. watched S.H.I.E.L.D. I did not get around to, to The Flash yet. Okay, well, we can we can just give an overall, like, oh my god, The Flash is so good! Um, and I was right on Shield. I know that much too. So I also was right. Were you? Excellent. That's right. We're both right. We're we're all right except for they didn't actually say it. Yeah, but oh, for God's sake! <laughs> they were Terrigen crystals. Her father's name is Cal. Her name is Daisy. Secret War number two just shot up from a quarter bin to eighty bucks. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, because it's the first appearance of Daisy, and she got you know the same powers. So yes. What were her powers? Cal- earthquake uh, powers. Earth- earthquake powers. Yeah. Ah, okay. And her father, they called him Cal. They didn't say Calvin Zopko, but that's who he is, Mister Hyde. 
So thus he does not necessarily need to be an inhuman himself. So of course let me see if the brilliance of this plan is if I have Skype open. Doom, 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 doom. Oh good. I think I can still access Derek, where'd you remote. go? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm trying to make this all good for you. <laughs> asshole. That was all good right, for wait. me. Nate is editing. <laughs> well good, as long as it was good for you. We got some pureed hummus for you later. Um, okay. Yeah, good. I can open up um, Evernote. Evernote as well. Yeah. So, I just have to make sure I disconnect my. The reason I had taken Skype off my phone a while back was because it, it had a tendency to not disconnect oh. and was eating up data. So, I've been and online. Get a call on your phone at the same time you're trying to Skype something else. That's why I took it off my phone. Oh, no, I didn't have that problem. I just, uh, I don't Skype very often. So, yeah. yeah. I only do it for the podcast, but I put it on my phone. Yeah. And when I would get the call for the podcast, my phone would start ringing. Oh, that's so interesting. So I quickly got rid of that. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, Nate's seen it, uh, everything there. Is there anything that I missed about movies? You can mm. just throw it in. And I just on TV just went talking freeform because I, I got tired of typing with my thumbs. Have we talked about the <laughs> Mad Max trailer? I haven't seen the Mad Max trailer. Drop today, right? Yeah, it's. I was in the office, so I really I couldn't. Um, it's way over the top. That's what I hear. And uh, there's like a quick shot of an amazing chastity belt. <laughs> you know, Rick. No, when you see this thing, you're going to go, oh my God, that's amazing. Maybe, but it, it's just funny to me that, that you, you focus on these things. Good God. All right. I'm afraid to go into the garage. I'm watching the Mad Max trailer right now. Is it good? Loading. Warner Brothers flashing. Jesus, it is loud. Let's turn that down a bit. A world of fire and blood. Driving down a road. Everything's dependent on oil. People with steering wheels holding them up in the air. Bombs exploding. Oh, they're flares. Yeah. Smoke flares. Big so classic cars with giant wheels driving by. Big army-style trucks. So it's Los Angeles in five years? It's Los yeah. Angeles five years ago. Oh, it's it's California again. on Thursday when this rain happens. It's highway, shuts down. It's highway 880 hell? going through Fremont. <sighs> Yeah, we got the warning to try not to to stay out of the office tomorrow. So, I'm like, wow! If this thing is not biblical, I'm going to be very upset. Seriously, I hope I really, really hope it's just like rain and that's it. And everybody's like, "Oh, this was not as bad as we thought it was going to be." <laughs> well, the weather, Dummies. the wind down yeah. here is yeah, only. But, supposed- I mean, it, 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 the, the, know, my daughter. They're saying the wind is going to be about 35 miles an hour starting about 10 o'clock tonight and then cut off and okay. then it'll come back again tomorrow for the afternoon, but it, it'll gust to 50. But that's still, you know, hurricanes are like 80. Well, they were saying almost hurricane level. Like, I think the highest estimate I read was 65. I just hope it cuts out so that can fly out, you know, and, and get in safely without too much. And When's then, your flight? But I, I could 
feel I could feel the disdain of my daughter on uh, when I texted her to say, "Is your concert still on tomorrow night?" So, <laughs> yes, and I'm like, "Okay, no." I mean, we're reading reports that school districts are shutting down. Yeah, and you know, it's like, so I don't know. Does Gilroy Gilroy's got a couple of good flood zones? Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and they yeah. there's nothing to restrict the wind down there either. Nope, garlic grows low. So I'm gonna when I get to the airport, when I land, I'm gonna um, just drive down to Gilroy and work from the public library all day, so that I can because uh, I don't want to be hitting traffic at six o'clock at night to get to Gilroy tomorrow. Right. All right, that trailer was okay. Apparently, the trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine Two was also released. I didn't see that. I saw a trailer for that a couple months ago. Is there a new one? I don't know. It's, it's the same uh, trending on Facebook. New trailer for second installment takes cast into the future. I knew that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot to also note. Chevy Chase said he's going to come back to Community. Yeah, I saw that. I thought he died. He did. He says he's coming back to community. Sony said, not so fast. And flashbacks or what? Yeah, uh, we don't know. We don't know. He just said he was open to returning. and, and uh, But when Sony said, not so fast, they said, we've got to find where the file is that says you're okay. You know, it's, who knows? Good Lord. He faked his own death. I would, you know, that's such no, a... At least it's something his character would do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did, I, you got to do something more with six seasons of an Armageddon. I'm trying to spread it around. We'll that, do it. that was... Don't, don't you worry. Yeah. I was, uh, it was, I was inspired because Kevin Rubio, the guy that did Troops, had posted, you know, we know how it's going to end. It's like, you're going to get totally into the show and then everybody but one person's going to die. And then I went, oh, six seasons in Armageddon. So I, I wouldn't have thought of that if not... That realization, of course, everybody's going to die. That's not how the show's going to end. It's his grandfather. What right. Is, what, what is Cal L's grandfather's name? Old L. Grampy. Gramp L. Gramp L. <laughs> Depends L. All right. So. uh How's the how's the call with Mr. Larson working? Is that he's going to call us, or we're going to call him, or what? He was just going to call me when uh, when he was okay. cutting dinner, which I assume I can just add him into the call, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should just go ahead and do it real time because it also makes it kind of cool if, like, we drop everything because we have a very special guest on the eve of his success. You know. So just cut him in whenever he joins. Yeah, it's like yeah, Bob yeah. Hope going on the Tonight Show. Hey, Bob Hope's here! And, wow. and other references that our audience wouldn't get. No, I thought he was dead. Bob Hope? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's been, yes. But, <laughs> yes. When we were young, Bob Hope would just walk onto the set in carefully orchestrated surprise appearances. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and that way, 
Okay, you know, so if, every if now and Eric then wants to stay on and talk about stuff, great. And if he doesn't, which I would completely understand because he's probably been doing a lot of stuff and he's tired. Uh, every now and then, Derek, you you cut out into the ether. You you get like one of those banging, yes. bang, tapping on metal sounding voices. Um, so what we're gonna have to do is we have to have a uh, code word or something that says you're gonna have to repeat that, like. You're going to have to repeat that. Yeah, there's really not a lot I can do about it. I know, I know. It was just, you're just going to, we're going to have to say, uh, pause and repeat. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Say cinnamon. That can be our safe word. Tippy-toe, tippy-toe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tiffany's giving me a dirty look because that was her... Safe word? Uh, Don't was, tell me that was her safe word. It was the safe word for if she needed drugs during labor, but she forgot that that's what it was. She kept thinking tiddlywinks. <laughs> what a fantastic story to tell Mary Jane 12 years from now. <laughs> and that's why your mother won't play tiddlywinks with you. <laughs> oh, she'll start asking those for their stories when she's about three. So, Was I a that's painful a birth, Mom? What did your mom say, Rick? I never have asked for that. My mom keeps volunteering that information, even now. I think as Nate recalled at Comic-Con, I received my birthday email from my mom reminding me how much pain I had. Nice, nice. <laughs> but you were worth it. Psych. All right, so I, you know, if everybody's got the document open, we can just uh, we can just go. Yep. Okay, right. Nate. Let me hear you for a second. I want to hear your regular voice. This is my regular voice. Uh, Walking Dead number one thirty-five, face to face by Kirkman, Adlard, Caudiano, and Rathburn. Okay, Derek. <laughs> All right, I think this will be the level I'll be talking at through That's good. most of this. That's good. Okay. Good. Yeah. And I think actually keeping your level up will keep you keep you from going into the twilight zone. I think it's when you you start to my relax. My cyborg, my flash voice. Yeah, your. I think that's just Skype being Skype because when you guys are both on at your house, Rick, I hear that fairly often. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's complain about the miracle that was not possible ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we complain about Krypton and oh, yes. that, that's TV. You put me in play. You put me in my place with that one. You were so right. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I bitching about? <laughs> Too many superhero shows. I don't want to watch. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> All right, Nate. I'm ready whenever you point at me. In three, <clears throat> two, one. We got TV news, so let's start with comics news. Okay, do that part again. Comics news. Derek. Nate. Derek. Nate. And we're gone.
Well, listeners, it's just you and me. And there's been something I've been meaning to tell you for quite a while. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to wait patiently until Nate calls on Skype. Because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Hello. Eric Larson just signed on to Skype, so I'm guessing he'll probably be calling soon. Good. So let me uh, add Derek back in here. Good. Adding. Adding. Are you guys there? Yeah, we are. Yes. So here's the so deal. You fractured, the timing of that was perfect. <laughs> you fractured at Comics News, and um, and Nate says that Eric is just getting on Skype, so it's a perfect place for him to join us, too. Perfect. So, so I don't know when he's going to call, but I ju- just showed that he just signed in to Skype. So go ahead, go okay. ahead with Comics News. All right. We have got uh, no, Comics you have to News. Say, you know, okay, sorry. Just, just say Comics. <laughs> just say Comics news. That's what I, I can I can splice in at that point. Comics news. Which is all going to wrap around uh, into probably like when we get to television too because it's very clear that Marvel is making all the moves. We have expected Marvel to make up. You guys no, it was, reading Axis Derek, right Derek, 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 it, it's, it, it, way, it went way, 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 way away after you said comics news. And then it didn't okay, come back until... Try it okay. again. So if, if, I drop, if I drop out, just continue with Eric. Okay, but just go ahead and do say comics news and just... Let's just go and ahead and do something. That's what I was trying to do. Okay. Comics news. Am I still here? (laughs) All right. Yes. So the first thing up is that Marvel is... ...doing something that we suspect is going to be happening uh, quite some time. It's going to tie back into TV... Which is, are you It's not working. Is reading the Axis series? Because I'm not. I am not reading Axis. It's it's way too fractured. It's not making any sense. It didn't come in until you said, are you guys reading Axis? Okay, you know what? I'm going to try to move this outside. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what else to do. You know, is it... Are you on your cellular or on your, on like a hotel wireless Wi-Fi? Uh, I'm on my. Uh, I'm on a wireless network. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Skype doesn't work any other way, does it? Okay, I can't do that. Yeah, so I'm I'm stuck. Um, you sound good wherever you are right now. I have not moved. Oh, okay. wonderful. <laughs> don't don't. So maybe if I just don't what I've punch done was, don't punch into comics news. Just you know, conversational level 
because it seems like you 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 did like comics news and it, it well because you said it. you wanted to punch it in i don't know what what i was saying before so i'm gonna have to i think maybe what it is is i had put the phone down okay I, i'm gonna stay holding it up that's probably a good idea and then you'll hear me say cinnamon my safe word but my arm's getting too tired okay <laughs> it's gonna make a hell of an outtake do you have a so, belt you can wrap around your head and uh, hold the phone? Oh, that's what you wanted to do. I thought this was going to be like a horrible in excess accident. Um, yes. Going out like David Carradine. There's the closet. Okay. Um, anyway. So, first of all, in comics news. Yeah. Different than all new Ultimate Universe. Did we lose Derek again? Derek? Nate? <laughs> oh, this is fun. You know, listener, I was going to tell you before, and I chickened out, but we've known each other a long time. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. It's better we're just friends. Patiently waiting. Okay, I'm here. Okay, okay, there we go. There we go. All right, I've moved out. I've moved around, so I'm trying a different location. You sound really clear right now. Okay, I'm going to stick with this location then. Um, I'm just going to stand, and I have one foot up and <laughs> one arm. <laughs> one arm out. One arm out. Okay, anyway, I was, gonna, I was saying, you know, uh, I can, they crunch the numbers on... So um, I was able to play. Uh, actually, I, I, I I'm going to cut here. Let's see. Let me make a note of the time. Hang on, just a second. I've got to get something. I'll be right back. Okay. Should we talk about him? <laughs> Should we leave something for him to listen to? That, it's uh, recording I... still. Yes. Check the children. Uh, that was a fun interview. That was great. That was that that was that was fantastic talking, Eric. I like that it veered off into so many just like we're in Eric Larson's living room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Um, Welcome back, Rick. So I had. Uh, Okay. I like how the first 20 minutes of the podcast was basically unlistenable, and for the last hour and 55 minutes, it's been perfectly clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll be editing walked, the first 20 I walked 20, minutes. 20 paces. That worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. 
all right, it's late and I want to watch Shield. <laughs> so. Oh, enjoy. All right, man. Good night, everybody. Bye for good now. Good night. Talk to you later. Bye.